This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the no excuses everyday audio version of the world's number one real estate blog. I'm Tyler, and each day I read you short, digestible articles from biggerpockets.com. You can scroll through the catalog and see which titles catch your eye, or just make this a part of your daily ritual. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app landlord. That's rent.app landlord. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. But now, with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with the tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com biggerpockets. This simple advice will help you manage contractors and other workers more effectively. By Andrew Sirios. One last time, I will delve into the amoral and borderline sociopathic book, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, with a lesson that every half-decent politician knows. Work on the hearts and minds of others. As Greene notes, Coercion creates a reaction that will eventually work against you. You must seduce others into wanting to move in your direction. A person you have seduced becomes your loyal pawn. And the way to seduce others is to operate on their individual psychologies and weaknesses. Soften up the resistant by working on their emotions, playing on what they hold dear, 
and what they fear. Ignore the hearts and minds of others and they will grow to hate you. You know, there would be a fairly easy way to rephrase this into something that normal, decent, and totally not power-hungry freaks would find kind of helpful. The key lesson is that every person is the hero of their own story. And while you can force someone to do something, at least you can sometimes, you can never truly get someone to buy into a course of action unless they want to do that thing themselves. And the more you personalize your approach to that specific person, the better. For example, using sports analogies around people who hate sports isn't really going to help. Treat employees as if they were volunteers. This is why top-down styles of leadership that involve barking orders at people are generally ineffective. As my dad once put it to me, you should treat all of your employees and contractors as if they were volunteers. Even if something is an order, you should phrase it in the form of a request. Could you repair that AC? Or something like that. Sure, you will have bad employees, contractors, and other vendors who you might have to get tougher with. Indeed, you may have to let them go. Anyone in business for long enough will eventually have to fire someone. But with any good employee or contractor, acting as if their work is voluntary and trying to persuade them over to your way of thinking is far better than simple orders. After all, employees can quit and contractors can work and find work elsewhere. So in a way, they are volunteers. <laughs> and this goes for more than just orders and requests. It can come down to simple appearances. Green gives an example of how this was done wrong with Marie Antoinette. In 1784, the queen became embroiled in a scandal. As part of an elaborate swindle, the most expensive diamond necklace in Europe had been purchased under her name. And during the swindler's trial, her lavish lifestyle became public. People heard about the money she spent on jewels and dresses and masked dances. They gave her the nickname Madame Deficit, and from then on she became the focus of the people's growing resentment. When she appeared in her box at the opera, the audience greeted her with hisses. Even the court turned against her. For a while, she had been running up her huge expenditures. The country was headed for ruin. Five years later, the French Revolution broke out and... Well, if you're familiar with history, you'll know that things didn't work out particularly well for Marie Antoinette. How this relates to real estate investors. So if you've had some success in any business, I can tell you that there is no better way to build resentment in your staff or colleagues than by constantly bragging about that success, either implicitly or explicitly. You may be able to afford a Lexus, but if you drive it to work each day with it, you will probably create at least a little resentment. That being said, this isn't universally applicable. If you are a real estate agent working with high-end clients on luxury houses, then you may need to fit the stereotype of a high-flying agent. In that case, a Lexus can help. But generally, you don't want to appear unseemly both in how you dress as well as how you act and what you talk about. Sure, you want to look good and professional, but keep it within reason. Furthermore, if you are lazy or temperamental, that will rub off on others too. I remember a business class I had back in college. The professor noted a large study that showed the most important thing a leader could do is model the way. Namely, if you want your employees to work hard, working hard yourself is the first step. 
If you act lazy and expect the world from them, you can expect they will become resentful. (laughs) And if you lose your temper, you can expect that either they will lose their temper as well or hunker down and stop telling you important things. On the other hand, even for new investors, it's important to show respect to everyone you work with. This is how you win their hearts and minds. If people feel like they are being coerced or pressured into doing something, they will automatically become resentful. They may even stop or back out entirely. And even if they go ahead and do the work, the work will be done with less enthusiasm and quality than it otherwise would have been. On the other hand, if you treat people as if they were volunteers, you're basically asking them, do you want to do this? If they go ahead and do it, they must have implicitly answered yes. If someone wants to do something, they will do it much better than they would have if they don't. In fact, if you can get someone else to take ownership of the idea, that is all the better. People will always put the most energy into ideas they come up with themselves. And while you may not be able to do any sort of inception-style mind heists, you can at least sometimes get there by genuinely asking for other people's feedback and brainstorming with them. Sometimes they will come up with the idea you had originally or perhaps something even better. Either way, if they came up with it or at least augmented it, they will take more ownership and approach the execution of that idea with more enthusiasm. So make sure to involve other people in your decision-making. Yes, sometimes you will have to just tell others what is going to be done, but the more of a consensus you can build beforehand, especially if you can get others to take ownership of such ideas, the better it will be executed. All right, thanks for making this show a part of your hump day. You know what else happens every Wednesday? Bigger Pockets webinars. They're live and free. You can register at biggerpockets.com slash webinar. Plus, if you're a pro member, you get unlimited webinar replays. What are your plans tomorrow? Hopefully, they include another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. See you then.